Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In this episode, we recap Happy Valley Season 1, a show that features a violent sexual assault. We don't go into any great detail, but this episode may be triggering for some of you. This is TV worth talking about. I'm Catherine, by the way. I'm 47. I'm divorced. I live with my sister, who's a recovering heroin addict. I have two grown-up children, one dead, one who doesn't speak to me, and a grandson. Shrine Podcasts presents Happy Valley. Hello and welcome to Shrine Podcast Presents Happy Valley. I'm Hannah. I'm Brendan. And I'm Rebecca. And I am so excited that the time has finally come to talk about this absolute bloody female-led, female-written, female-directed police drama masterpiece that is Happy Valley. It is coming back to our screens. And as promised, we are recapping seasons one and seasons two. This episode is seasons one only. I've just finished rewatching it. Jesus Christ almighty. I think it might be the best thing ever made. Like- it is phenomenal. I have thoroughly enjoyed going back and rewatching this. We have, this is a Lloyd and Judy fan podcast. That's what we started out of. And obviously that's the best thing ever made. And so is Sherlock and a multitude of other shows that we love, but they don't step a foot wrong with this show. Like every other show we've talked about, some more than others, my love, (laughs) have little problems. And this just doesn't do anything wrong. It's actual perfection. Sarah Lancashire just, she just talks, she talks so gently as this character and it feels so real. Like it feels like you're watching a real character, not something that's been scripted for a drama. Um, do we want to go through some of the cast just to give an overview for people who maybe are new to uh, Happy Valley? Yeah, so Happy Valley, it's written and directed by Sally Wainwright. The first season was released back in 2014, which feels like a lifetime ago. It aired on uh, BBC One, I think, at the time. And it stars Sarah Lancashire as Sergeant Catherine K. Wood. And the first season revolves around a kidnap that spirals out of control it's all set in Yorkshire and um, it's it's a lot about the professional life of uh, Catherine Kaywood but it's also about her personal life as well and a bit of background to her um, she actually does a really good summary of herself in one of the very early episodes so uh, she had a daughter who died by suicide uh, her daughter had been raped before she died and uh, her other child her son doesn't really talk to her she is divorced and she now looks after her grandson full-time who was 
Becky, her daughter's son. So that's what's going on in her life. She also lives with her sister, who's called Claire. Claire is a recovering heroin addict and alcohol addict, and Claire um, helps her raise her grandson, Ryan. Siobhan Finneran, who plays Claire, is on bloody believable. These two actresses, Siobhan and Sarah, came from Coronation Street. So whoever was cast in Corrie around the early 90s, I think it is, was knocking it out of the park. Jimapel yeah, Raquel. phenomenal together. Brenda, did you say something there? Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, I said Jimapel Raquel. Oh, sorry, hilarious. I couldn't hear you there. <laughs> it's so weird you break, it just breaks up sometimes. Anyway, will I go through the cast, guys? Yeah, do. So we mentioned Sarah Lancashire as Catherine. Siobhan is Claire, her sister. James Norton plays Tommy Lee Royce. He's a drug offender and he is the father of Catherine's grandson, Ryan. Charlie Murphy... Our very own Charlie Murphy, who most yes. recently starred in the Capture season two. Uh, she plays Anne Gallagher, who is kidnapped in the first season. George Costigan is Nevison Gallagher, who's Anne's dad. He's a successful businessman. He uh, also plays Patrick Fairbank in Line of Duty. Yeah, anyway, we'll get into him later. But yes, nice to see a crossover. Yes, we've Steam Pemberton as Kevin Weatherall, uh, who is Nevison's accountant. Very dodgy, a bit of Jackie Laverty about him. Joe Armstrong is Ashley Cowgill. Now, Ashley, he does be owning a farm, but he's also a drug dealer on the side. Tut, tut, tut. And Adam Long plays Lewis Whippy, who is an employee of Ashley's uh, at the farm. And, well, not really at the farm, in the drug business. So, uh, yeah, they're the main cast uh, of season one. Yeah, also huge shout out to Reese Connor, who is going to come back for season three, who plays Ryan, and he's absolutely incredible. And season three is fast forwarding quite a number of years. Oh, is it? Do we have that information? Yeah, we, yeah we, it's going to be fast forwarding. Um, like, I'm obviously he's older now in general because this was released yeah, in 2014. Yeah, well, 10 years ago. Yeah, but I think the whole storyline is fast forwarding um, from the second season a, a good few years. And Sally, uh, we're going we're gonna to learn more about that. I read in an oh, interview Jesus. with Sally Wainwright that she said they've deliberately waited because she wanted him to be older for the, where the storyline is going. She wanted there to be this gap so that he was much older and he wasn't a kid anymore. Sorry, I love that. And it's also like Ryan and Lionel Judy, the way he was a kid in season one and he then yeah. came back for season six as an adult. That is very cool. So the way we are going to do this is there are six episodes of Happy Valley. We have taken two each to recap them. And this week is season one and we will come back, I think, next week um, or the week after with season two. So guys, who's episode one, episode two? Is it you, I Brandon? am on episode one and two. So the very Take first away, episode bitch. of Happy Valley opens with the softly yet quickly spoken Catherine Kaywood, a police officer based in West Yorkshire. Now, I love this introduction to her. So basically, there's a young lad threatening to set himself on fire. And Catherine, in no uncertain terms, tells him why that's an extremely stupid idea. Uh, she's like, I'm Catherine, I'm 47, divorced, I live with my sister who's a recovering heroin addict, I've got two grown-up children, one dead and one who doesn't speak to me, and a grandson. And in that line, like, we just literally have her entire picture summed up, and the, her delivery in everything she says in this is so good. Next we meet Kevin, who's asking... Isn't that just genius writing from Sally, though? Because if you... Like, they always tell you in writing, show, don't tell. And that is the complete opposite. It is an information dump, but it fits so naturally into the story. And then Sarah makes it so natural for the character. It's just genius. Yeah, it's so so well done. So next we meet Kevin. Uh, Kevin is asking his boss for a pay rise because he's like, I want to send my daughter to a decent school. Now, the conversation doesn't go well for poor Kevin, leaving him wondering how he's going to earn the extra cash. So a lovely chap called Richard 
is losing his job at the local paper, but even that doesn't generate enough sympathy from Catherine to go for dinner with him. Richard, who it turns out is Catherine's ex-husband, tells her that a fella called Tommy Lee Royce has been released from prison and Catherine looks absolutely crestfallen. Uh, She goes to pick up her grandson Ryan from school, but his teacher isn't happy with some of his angry outbursts. And Ryan's also a bit of a brat at home with Catherine and her sister, who uh, knew Tommy Lee Royce was released, but her sister didn't tell Catherine because she didn't want to upset her, she said. Uh, So Catherine does go out for dinner with her ex-husband Richard, but all she can think about is where Tommy Lee Royce is living. So she keeps asking. Now, the ex does have a new partner, but that doesn't stop him and Catherine from shagging on the regular. Uh, so Catherine and her grandson, Ryan, go to bomb visit... Bomb chicka wah wah. Bomb chicka wah wah. Uh, they almost get it on the car and she's like, no, this is ridiculous at my age. Get inside to the bedroom. Um, Catherine and her grandson, Ryan, they go to visit the grave of her daughter. So this is Becky, who was Ryan's... Is Ryan's mother. She was born in 1988, died in 2000. 2006. Uh, cash-strapped Kevin calls to see flash farmer Ashley, who has very fancy cars, and Kevin does wonder how. Well, it turns out the bags of sand the lads have been lifting for Ashley are actually full of cannabis. A load of it falls out in front of Kevin. Now, he's a witness, and Ashley isn't happy that he knows about this. Kevin, who I mentioned is cash-strapped and apparently a little bit quick-thinking at this moment, asks Ashley to stage the kidnap of his rich boss's daughter so they can get money, so they can get the money he needs to send his daughter to school as a ransom. Now it turns out right that the lads lift it's 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 crazy it, though guys yeah. isn't it yeah, like yeah, yeah. that it goes from him witnessing a crime to being like hang on hang a second on a lads actually will you kidnap me boss's daughter there thanks very much yeah but uh, Kevin also, is crazy guy uh, Kevin is a lovely guy now because he is like please don't harm her just you know hide her in a bedroom somewhere we'll get the money and then put her back safely pull the other one Brendan right pull the other one now, hide behind them glasses and Balance of sweat. It turns out that one of the lads lifting Ashley's sandbags full of cannabis is none other than the newly released from jail, Tommy Lee Royce. So Ashley tells Kevin that Tommy will help stage the kidnap, but Kevin's only getting 10% of the ransom money. He's not happy. Back at work... Kevin's boss, who Reb, you mentioned, played Patrick Fairbank, no less, tells him that he can't give him a raise, but he's like, I will pay the school fees. So this is getting awkward. Kevin now feels absolutely terrible because he's arranged the kidnap of his daughter. He also tells Kevin that his wife is dying and that he wants Kevin to step up and be his deputy. So Kevin's in a cold sweat now at this stage. Back at Ryan's school, a teacher tells Catherine that she'd like him to go and see a counsellor to work out why he's so frustrated. Catherine explains that Becky, her daughter, Ryan's mother, died when he was just six weeks old. She never wanted him and refused to believe that she was pregnant. Becky had been raped, but she couldn't tell her family and she died by suicide. Now, Becky was raped by Tommy Lee Royce. He's now out of prison. They could never prove the rape, but he was in prison on drugs charges. Kevin tries to get Ashley to call off the kidnap, but Ashley's having none of it. He's got a taste for the money now. And he goes to report it to Catherine... This is Kevin, but he chickens out and he legs it out of the station. Now, Catherine being the great little Bobby that she is, checks the car reg, keeps a mental note of it, and we'll come back to that later. Tommy and his psychic, they deliberately crash into the back of uh, Anne, who is Nevison's daughter. Nevison is Kevin's boss. Played by Charlie Murphy, who, guys, did I ever tell you, back in the day, Charlie Murphy used to work in Captain America's and I was in college with her sister and she used to give us, free, she used to give us free strawberry daiquiris. Yeah. She was, yeah, it's great. What? Yeah, when we were in college. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, me, and so I, I was down there. Parents said, she's from um, Wexford as well. The parents are in Wexford Town, Rep. 
No way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that's a GDPR breach there, Brendan. I might cut it out. I'll bleep it out. Um, but yeah, we just, yeah. <laughs> Every show so, she's in is brilliant. Uh, excellent, so, like, yeah. yeah. She just doesn't put, like, set a foot wrong. Oh, yeah, no, Charlie Murphy used to give us the discounted strawberry daiquiris in Captain America's absolutely thrilled. Anyway, they deliberately crash into the back of Anne's car, bundle her into the back of their van, and take her to the basement of a house. Now, Tommy's sidekick, he comes across like a little bit thick, right? He mentions Ashley's name in front of Anne, which obviously Tommy is like, you idiot, like you're after saying his name in front of her. Uh, So Catherine's out driving her police car, regaling a colleague over the phone about some low-life young hoodlum when she spots Tommy Lee Royce and spins the car around to confront him, but he's gone. Kevin's voice, Nevison, gets a call from his daughter's phone, Anne, but it's not Anne, it's Ashley on the end of the phone explaining she's been kidnapped and he wants a ransom of a million pounds paid without the involvement of the police. And that is episode one. Episode two then starts with Nevison and Kevin screaming at each other about the kidnap. Kevin now sweating that the police will get involved. Catherine tells her sister that she saw Tommy Lee Royce. Now her sister is absolutely freaked and she's like... She's like, you're not going to deal with this rationally. And Catherine is like, I have no intention of dealing with this rationally. Like, she's angry. Um, They're worried about each other. So Catherine is concerned about her sister and her recovery. And then her sister is also concerned about her uh, with the whole Tommy Lee Royce situation. Um, A couple of young lads in an ice cream van, they've been flogging drugs hidden inside 99 cones. And uh, being the badass bitch that she is, Catherine makes it her mission to catch them. Uh, Back at the house where Nevison's daughter is being held, Tommy Lee Royce's psychic is starting to seem a little bit concerned for her. He's absolutely obsessed about her going to the toilet and where she can go to the toilet and when she can go to the toilet. He tells Tommy, he's like, look, you can head off. I've got things covered here. Um, and so Tommy does. Nevison tells his wife that their daughter's being kidnapped and that they're going to pay the ransom. And then he's like, I'm going to tell the cops after she's home and she's safe, but we're not going to get them involved in the meantime. Tommy Lee Royce's psychic, he goes down to the basement to check on Anne and he's like, "Are you know, do you need to go to the toilet? He's like, can I trust you? I'll untie you if I can. You can go in the bucket. He then notices Anne's underwear thrown across the floor. So it seems Tommy Lee Royce has been up to his old tricks again. Uh, the reason Catherine's daughter killed herself and the reason that Catherine is going to absolutely fucking throttle Tommy Lee Royce if she catches him and gets her hands on him. Um, now remember, the whole plan with Kevin and Ashley was to kidnap Anne but nothing was to happen to her she wasn't supposed to come to any harm this is purely to get money out of Nevison Uh, Catherine isn't happy that Daniel her son who doesn't talk to her phoned her sister for a chat and not her Daniel has some news we don't know what it is yet Catherine's sister's like they want to make an announcement maybe they're pregnant now silly sidekick tells Ashley about Tommy Lee Royce raping Nevison's daughter Anne Ashley phones Kevin telling him that Tommy Lee Royce is only out of prison and he's like, he hasn't had his leg over in eight years. Uh, Kevin says they promised uh, that she wouldn't be hurt in any way. He then freaks out now that he, you know, knows she's come to harm and he tells his wife. The wife initially goes, you have to go to the police and then quickly changes her tune and she's like, actually, just deny the lot. Deny any involvement, any knowledge. Uh, back up at the farm, Ashley, who is really pissed off with uh, Tommy Lee Royce, uh, says that he's got to do something and he hands him a burner phone. So we then see Tommy back at the house and he's been given this phone to basically take a photo of Anne to prove that she's okay so that they kind of will definitely get the ransom money. Anyway, him and the sidekick absolutely kick off. 
he's trying to put her into a bed, trying to make her comfortable. He's like, no, that's not happening. And and Tommy Lee Royce absolutely beats the shit out of him. Catherine gets called to the scene of a crash, a car crash. It involves a local councillor who uh, is stinking of vodka at 9am. He's refusing to do a breathalyzer test. He's just verbally abused another police officer. And then Catherine finds a bag of coke in his car. Um, Ashley calls Nevison and says that he wants 20 grand up front and he wants Kevin to go and leave it in a bin in a McDonald's for him. But then Ashley phones uh, Kevin and he's like, you know you don't need to do that because we know each other. Just come to me and give you the money. Uh, Catherine and her sister, they call over to her son and his partner, Lucy. They That's are... a rookie mistake from Kevin there, isn't it? From Kevin, it is. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Catherine and her sister, yeah, they call over. Her son is pregnant with his partner. Catherine's ex-husband, uh, Richard, and his, like, now partner are also there for dinner so it's a little bit awkward because obviously Catherine and Richard are shagging on the reg Um, there is an awkward moment here when they're kind of all celebrating the fact that uh, her son is going to have a baby and they're like oh my god you're finally going to be grandparents and Catherine is the only one out of everyone around the table that acknowledges that Ryan is her grandson already in bed that night Ryan says he's like is that my granddad and Catherine's like yeah and he's like I want to hang out with him and I want to play football um so Kevin does drop that cash over to Ashley's house. Ashley hands him back his cut of it. And in a very emotional conversation, Catherine explains to Richard that Ryan, as a child, cannot understand why his granddad wouldn't want to play with him. Uh, and being the great cop that she is, Catherine remembers Kevin's reg and name. And when she sees him driving around, stops to chat to him when she sees him. He's actually going into his house, carrying the briefcase full of cash that Ashley's just given him. And um, she's just like, you never oh finished God. your story in the police station. And she's just being really, I don't think she's being suspicious of him, but she's like, you know, trying to just encourage him to tell whatever the story is that, you know, he came in. Obviously important if he came into the police station. And she's like, you know, uh, you never finished your story. Is there anything I can do? When all of a sudden, her phone rings She's distracted. She handed out flyers with Tommy Lee Royce's face on it to different people in different businesses around the town and said, if you see this man, just let me know. Don't, you know, approach him. Don't say anything. You don't need to do anything, but I'd love to know where he is. So she gets a call from one of the business owners who says he's just seen him. Uh, She traces him to the house where Anne is being held hostage, is thumping on the door, looking up at the window. She knows damn well something's not right. Tommy Lee Royce and Anne are inside, but she gets no answer and she leaves. Ashley tells um, his psychic to go and move her. He calls Kevin to ask if he's ratted them out. Kevin's like, no, I haven't. Hyperventilates. And that is the end of episode two. Oh my God, Brandon. Well done. That was so fast. That was fantastic. Thanks, guys. Will I keep going with episode Episode three, guys? We've anything to say about episodes one and two? You're up. Take it away, bitch. Okay, so after police were spotted sniffing around the house, Tommy decides to move Anne. She's bundled into the back of a van with Lewis at the wheel and then Tommy follows behind in Anne's yellow mini. Catherine's lovely police colleague, Kirsten, spots the van speeding while she's out on patrol and she pulls it over because its taillight is out and she's waiting on a colleague to run a number place but she just decides, you know what, I'm going to proceed and she ends up getting Lewis to step out of the van. They walk around the back. He's shaking like a leaf and when they're there you start to hear muffled cries from the back of the van getting louder and louder so you're like oh my god this is I have to say episodes three and four I think are my favourite um, so Kirsten's then like what's that noise she asked to see inside the van Tommy's watching on from the mini the van has a lock on it and as Lewis goes to get the keys from the ignition and walk back 
uh, Tommy speeds the van up and rams it into Kirsten. When he does, she immediately radios Catherine to say, I think they've killed me. And then when you think it couldn't get any worse, Tommy drives over Kirsten several times, killing her. And Lewis, his sidekick, looks on in horror. It's so violent. And I actually think he might be the most violent, like darkest yeah. um, villain I've ever seen in a TV show. There's like, there's, it's evil. Yeah, it's it's actually hard to watch um, at times. So yeah. Catherine and a team of officers, they rush to the scene, but um, Lewis and Tommy have already fled separately and all that remains is Kirsten's lifeless body in the middle of the road. It is a truly heartbreaking scene. Later on, Catherine and one of her bosses called Praveen, they break the news to Kirsten's partner, Ollie, that she's passed away. Afterwards, uh, Praveen brings up the arrest of Marcus Gascoigne the day before and Catherine is basically told to back off about the whole thing and not to take it any further and basically to stop the cocaine from being tested at a lab because Marcus donates money to the police council. I mean, lads, somebody call AC12. Shocking stuff, right? The following day, we see how Kirsten's death has brought back really bad memories of the death of Catherine's own daughter, Becky. And throughout these episodes, we do see a lot of traumatic flashback scenes of Catherine seeing her daughter's dead body in basically everywhere she goes. Meanwhile, Anne is now being held in a caravan in Ashley's Holiday Park, and he's arranging for the Mini in the van to be crushed, the ones that were involved in um, the police officer's death. Tommy tells Ashley that Lewis has mentioned him by name in front of Anne, and also so Lewis gave his real name to the police officer too and Anne may have heard when she was in the back of the van and Ashley also suggests dumping Anne in the middle of nowhere but Tommy thinks they shouldn't let her go and he's asking for more money. I mean Tommy is pushing for them to kill Anne the whole way through this. Inside the caravan Anne is begging Lewis to help her because he isn't like the other one and um, referring to Tommy and he then basically tells her that none of this would have happened if she hadn't made noise in the van so I think he's telling her like he's basically telling her that they killed the police officer. We then later see Kevin, uh, the accountant fella who started this whole fiasco. He's going on to his wife about hiding two grand that Ashley gave him in the wheel of the car, the spare wheel. And the wife is full on into this whole thing. She's like, oh, listen, split the money into smaller accounts and like, you know, let's put it into our bank account so no one knows. So she's well up for it at this stage, right? Now, she doesn't know about the police officer being killed, so fair enough. So... The same day, Claire gets talking to Nevison's wife at the soup kitchen that they both volunteer at. And Helen, um, she basically starts asking Claire about her sister. And she's like, is your sister a discreet police officer? They arrange to meet in Claire's house that evening. Ashley then calls Nevison about getting another 50 grand on the whole thing. And Nevison's like, listen, I'm not giving you any more money until you give me proof that, that my daughter's alive. Um, so he does receive a photo of Anne who is... Um, you know, she's tied up and she has duct tape over her mouth. And he then asks Kevin to make that delivery because the kidnappers keep saying they're close to letting her go. Meanwhile, Ollie, who is um, Kirsten's husband, he visits Catherine and basically tells her that Kirsten wouldn't be, be dead if Catherine hadn't been pushing her to be a better police officer. So like, I mean, it's all just not going right for Catherine. Like you, you she can't take anymore. Um, she meets Richard for a drink and she's like, you need to write about all the drug problems in the area. She mentions that your man gas going was arrested for possession and Richard starts going on about their divorce and their affair that they're having and he does basically say here that he never stopped wanting to be with her and um, he is kind of open now to getting to know Ryan his grandson a bit more and and you know he says he'll play football with him and get to know him a bit more so, so like that's cute. a bit of a positive thing I suppose yeah. in that relationship because everything else is going wrong yeah 
Okay, Catherine then gets home to Claire to find that Helen never turned up for their chat. Claire rings Helen and Helen's like, listen, I just changed my mind. And Nevison's like, let's not tell the police. The next day, Catherine revisits the house that she spotted Tommy Lee Royce in and she actually breaks into the house here and she does discover blood in the basement along with the underwear. Um, Nevison asks Kevin to drop the money into a service station along the motorway and Kevin then, I mean, Jesus, he makes the same mistake again. He heads straight to Ashley's farm to deliver the money and Ashley gives Kevin five grand and Kevin this whole time is like backtracking and begging for them to let Anne go but we're, it's looking more and more likely that they're going to kill Anne now and all of this. On the way out, Lewis shouts and um, pushes Kevin and says all of this is his fault. Um, Lewis does tell Kevin as well that they they are, well, that Tommy killed the policewoman and at the end of this episode Catherine calls Claire and she's like, how did you know Tommy was out of prison? And Claire then reveals that Tommy did visit that soup kitchen and Catherine then explains that she broke into the house that she saw Tommy staying in and she thinks that he's hurt someone else um, but she can't really do anything about it because she shouldn't have broken into the house and then Catherine is like do you know what actually I'm going to go and knock on the mum's door which is Tommy Lee Royce's mum's house to find out what he's been up to because she's just like I can't I have to stop him from hurting anyone else and that is the episode at the end of episode three. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Amazing. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Okay, so on to episode four now. And this opens with Catherine telling her boss about the blood and the underwear that she found in the cellar where Tommy Lee Royce was staying. And she also finds out here that her colleague, Kirsten, was run over several times and crushed to death and it's just yeah it's a lot in one go she tells her other colleague who's about to have a panic attack and um, they're also saying to her here that they're going to try and identify the make and the model of the cars involved in Kirsten's death because there's lots of debris found at the scene so they're going to try and figure out you know all of that with the cars so they're getting a bit closer to to the to the perpetrators of that now after that it is revealed that the owner of the cellar gaff on Milton Avenue is actually a hairdresser named Julie now Julie is the wife of Ashley who we know 
is an evil drug dealing farmer. Catherine visits <laughs> Julie at the salon. Her hair is looking immaculate. Julie is like, now, hon, that gaff is not mine. I have it for tax reasons in my name. My hubby bought it as a doer upper. He wants to rent it out, but there's no one living there. And then Julie calls Ashley the second Catherine leaves and is like, you little pig, you better not be up to anything. <laughs> and she does warn him that Catherine's on the way to the farm. Now, meanwhile, Ashley sends Lewis into the caravan to tell Tommy and Anne to be quiet. We then see that Anne has been drugged to a point that she's barely conscious. She's struggling to breathe and she's been vomiting constantly. Lewis asks Tommy here why he isn't wearing a balaclava and Tommy is basically like, because we don't need to anymore because we're going to kill her. Um, Catherine arrives at the farm and she's like, Ashley Pet, your house has been broken into and I've reason to believe that someone has been, you know, held there against their will. There's blood on the floor. He denies knowing anything and... Catherine then brings up like lots of names of people who've been recently released from prison and she does mention Tommy Lee Royce but Ashley denies everything so she doesn't really get anywhere with that so on the way home Catherine calls into Tommy's mum Lynn and she hasn't seen Tommy in three weeks she says he hasn't been living with her Lynn also brings up here that she's heard that Catherine's grandson Ryan is actually Tommy's son Catherine tries to shut down this whole thing she's so upset in the car afterwards and she's getting more horrific flashbacks of her daughter's dead body they continue back at the farm Tommy tells Ashley that he will kill Anne if they each give him five grand and Ashley does green light this whole thing um, and he then basically fires Tommy and Lewis he's like you know you need to just disappear now after all that um, Catherine later finds out that a white transit van was actually spotted outside that house on Milton Avenue Um and she does head back to the soup kitchen to try and catch Helen. And she starts speaking to Helen. She's like, are you being abused by your husband? What's going on? Helen eventually blurts out that her daughter, Anne, has been kidnapped. Money's been exchanged. And the perpetrators agree to let her go. Uh, but they've heard no more since this morning. So Catherine has to report the crime. She calls up a superintendent called Phil. He turns up at the whole thing. Nevison's informed. Now, I do suspect that there was some sort of romantic relationship or romantic history maybe between Phil and Catherine. But I, I can't can't remember if that's ever explored in season two. Did you guys get that vibe or was it just me? I think mm, it might have yeah, just been I me. I didn't pick up I just on that there now. Was something there. No, I agree. Yeah, there was something there. Anyway, Nevison tells Phil about how his accountant, Kevin, has been delivering the money. And Phil is like alarm bells. It's like, ew, ew, alarm bells are going <laughs> off. They're like, why do these people ask randomly for your accountant to send money? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So he's like, don't trust anyone. We're going to trace your phone. We're going to get these guys. Tommy heads over to his mum's house and he's like, listen, I'm going to give you 200 quid if I can use your cellar for a few days because I have a dog that's being trained for a fight. Now, how the mum doesn't think there's anything strange about that is beyond me but I know that you know she has her own problems but anyway he's like this dog might make some noise so don't go down there and it, during this conversation Tommy's mum tells him that Ryan is his child that Catherine's been over looking for him and that she's the grandmother of um, uh, Becky's child Catherine then later tells Phil about Kevin calling into the police station when he was really agitated a few days before and Richard pops over to Catherine's to see Ryan and this is where they kind of start building their relationship. Richard and Ryan are playing football in the back and he minds Ryan when Claire goes out to collect Catherine. Elsewhere, Kevin tells his wife Jenny about how Ashley and his two sidekicks um, were the people who killed the police officer. So she changes her tune then and she's like, listen, you need to come clean about this whole thing. Like, you know, someone's been killed. Tommy returns home to find that his mum has been passed out. So, or his mum has passed out. He knows the coast is clear for him to move Anne into the cellar. 
this scene, I actually find it so hard to watch. He lie, he lays Anne down on the ground. He unzips the sleeping bag that she's been held in and she's barely conscious from the drugs. He starts talking to her and he says that they want to kill her. He says that he wants them to have a bit of recreational activity first before that happens. And he also starts going on about he's so happy that he has a son that he didn't know about who's eight years old. It's a truly disturbing scene. The following morning, Catherine's fuming about the bag of cocaine that she took from uh, your man Marcus's car because the evidence has been um, tampered with, basically. Well, she says it's been tampered with and your man's like, shut up. Anyway, she tells her boss and her boss is like, you need to back off this whole thing if you've been told to back off. And then the boss basically kind of threatens her with the fact that she broke into Tommy Lee Royce's house to the cellar. So he's like, we always turn a blind eye sometimes. So it's going a bit line of duty. That afternoon when Catherine's collecting Ryan from school, Tommy follows them and they get into a really heated altercation and Tommy tells Ryan, he bangs on the window and tells Ryan that he's his dad. Now Catherine blames the whole thing on, he, Catherine just says that, um, that the man is on drugs and he's making the whole thing up. But Love Ryan that. knows there and then that it's someone is claiming to be his dad. Um, she later on is just talking to Claire and Claire's like, maybe the seller that you were in is connected to Anne's kidnapping because I mean, what are the chances of two crimes like that happening in a small town within the same week? Um, elsewhere, Nevison uh, is greeted by Kevin in his office and Kevin is like, I think I know who's behind the kidnapping. Now, this is where things get so tense. This is absolutely horrific. Catherine is so pissed off after her work situation that she decides to go back to Tommy's mum's house and she starts asking her, you know, like, she's just like, what's going on with Tommy? Don't ever say that. Tell Tommy to never, ever say again that he's my grandson's dad. And while they're chatting, uh, Tommy's mom has lots of marks in her faces indicating that, that her own son speed her up. But they start hearing, um, or she starts mentioning the dog. Sorry. Yeah. She's like, oh, he just has his dog in this cellar. And Catherine's like, what? There's a dog in the cellar. Why is there a dog there? So Catherine's like, hang on a second. She breaks open a padlock. She runs downstairs and it's not a dog. She sees that Anne is down there tied up. She starts to untie Anne. While this is happening, Tommy arrives home. He punches his mom to the floor. He gets down to the cellar. He sees Catherine. He pushes her against a wall. He punches her. He kicks her. They have a horrific fight scene between the two of them. He's smashing her head against a wall. It is beyond violent. Um, Anne, meanwhile, is trying to untie herself. She is trying, she gets a weight and she hits him against, um, hits him over the head. Catherine's And the thing with the show is as well, Reb, sorry to cut across you, but the thing with the show is there has been such, at this point, shocking violent murders that yeah. you just don't know if anybody is getting out of that scene alive. No, um, and it's, it's a miracle. Really high. It's a miracle that they actually do. So Catherine's in such a bad way. And then um, they they spray him with, I think it's mace or whatever. So Tommy's kind of, he's out of action for a few minutes. So Anne fully like lifts Catherine up the stairs and drags her up the stairs. Catherine's covered in blood. They make it out to the police car. Um, and just after Catherine radios in to to say that she needs an ambulance, um, she falls to the ground onto the concrete and Anne is wailing and the credits roll. That is the end of episode four. That episode for me, amazing recap. That's like um, Line of Duty season three, episode yeah. six. Just It's, it's phenomenal. Excellent. Yeah, episode four is 10 out of 10, isn't it? It is high. Yeah, 10 out of 10. So tense. 
Okay, episode five. So the complete icon herself, Catherine, lies dying in the street, but thankfully the forces have arrived and it's traumatized and tells them that the per- perpetrator is still hiding in the house. Meanwhile, Tommy is now hiding in an outhouse nearby and Ashley doesn't want to know him, so he calls Lewis, who comes to his rescue. Elsewhere, the police, headed by Phil Crabtree, have arrived to interview a very sweaty Kevin about the two money drops that he has made. They grill him and he backs them into a corner because his car doesn't show up on the AMP or checks they have run and Kevin has been caught in his lies. He is then arrested on suspicion of abduction and demanding money and while there, Phil delivers the news that Nevison or Fairbanks um, that his daughter Anne is safe. So in hospital, Catherine dreams of her daughter while she has an operation on her spleen. She is bleeding out. Her son Daniel arrives in the waiting room where a distressed Claire waits. Ryan is being minded by his granddad. On the farm, a fleet of squad cars arrive to arrest Ashley for abduction and demanding money with menaces. Also, his wife Julie in a leopard print dressing gown is disgusted. And while trying to plead his case, she explains, we have caravans. We have a games room that caters for people in wheelchairs. In a dark, rundown house, Lewis and Tommy Lee Royce watch a news alert about their crimes. The house appears to be rented by the man that Catherine pulled out of a car a couple of episodes ago. His name is Brett. At home, Nevison and Helen help Anne, who is taking Subutex to help her through the symptoms of withdrawal from the drug she was given during her ordeal. Catherine wakes up and Claire fills her in on what's been happening, but leaves it up to Crabtree to tell her that Tommy Lee Royce is still at large and she's absolutely devastated. Ashley is getting interviewed and denying all the allegations down to the ground, but Crabtree tells Catherine that they found 20 kilos of cannabis hidden on his farm. Later, Anne visits the hospital and asks Catherine for a favour that her mum dies not knowing she was raped and that Catherine tells her dad for her. She is adamant that the case goes to court. Three weeks have passed and Catherine is out of hospital and has fallen into a depression. Inspector Mike drops by with loads of news. Kevin is having an awful time in prison. Quote, every hole is a goal and he is in hospital with his injuries. Ashley has done a deal and is getting out on bail and Catherine is getting a medal for her bravery and she couldn't give a shite. The police are doing a house to house looking for Tommy and Lewis and they knock on and search Brett's flat but they don't find Tommy who is hiding under the bath and Lewis who is in the couch. Catherine and Ryan have a huge fight because he's still getting in trouble in school. She meets Richard for a meal, tells him she's made a massive mistake ever raising Ryan. She tells Claire he's a psychopath. Meanwhile, Ashley got bail for ratting out a huge cocaine importation business, which links back to the politician we saw Catherine arrest a couple of episodes ago. Him and his family are going into witness protection and the wife's less than impressed. Catherine is starting to feel better and apologizes to Claire and Ryan. Brad arrives home to his Mingan apartment to find a sleeping Lewis and Tommy who's been stabbed. He is bleeding out on the ground. They've had a fight. Tommy is refusing to go to hospital and refusing to hand himself in. He is absolutely irate that Ryan is living with his granny saying it is no life for a lad and he's going to die. Brett asks if he should give Lewis a good kick and when he wakes up, but no need because Tommy has slit his throat. Oh my Brett, God. It's so shocking. Even after watching that, even yeah. for a second time, I knew it was coming, but it is so shocking. It's so fucking dark. Horrific. It's like, really dark. Yeah. But it, it just dances on the line of not being too dark, but it is almost there. Like that apartment, that whole setup is so grim. 
So Brett then freaks out when he sees the injuries on Lewis's body and Tommy chokes the life out of him. Audi pops then for a walk, presumably to get painkillers because he has a massive, massive stab wound. (laughs) He then stops off in a charity shop on the way, buys a book, a hat and glasses as a disguise. And the episode ends with Tommy 2.0 getting on a bus and a little way up the street, Catherine and Ryan on their way home from school. And what I really like about what episode five is doing is it kind of takes a complete turn because we've almost got the kidnapping wrapped up and home. Yeah. Kevin's gone to prison. We know who did it. But then you're like, we've two hours of this show left. Where the hell is it going to go? Well, I'll tell you. Episode six. Tommy hops off the bus and spots two wanted posters for him and Lewis. He's in his disguise now. He's like dressed up like a little nerd. He's reading War and Peace, isn't he? The fucking nerve of him. Like Catherine. Um, <laughs> the pair of glasses he gets in the charity shop. I was like, how does no one recognize him? And that hat that we all had in 2011, like the long woolly hat with the strings that come yeah. down. Like he looks great now and everything, but he is literally the darkest, most violent criminal I've ever watched in a fictional TV show. So uh, Catherine visits Nevison at work. She tells him that Tommy raped Dan and he looks absolutely heartbroken. Meanwhile, Tommy wanders along a canal and breaks into a houseboat. Ashley's wife, Julie, isn't taking the news well and she flashes her bra at the police watching her husband on the farm and roars, pointing at Ashley, nothing to do with me. Claire meets Daniel in a coffee shop to plan Catherine's upcoming birthday. She tells him that his parents have been seeing each other. Like, why, Claire? It was such a stupid thing to do. Um, oh, I know. Wondered. Claire's obsessed with the birthday celebrations as well. I was like, Claire, I don't know. I know you're trying to cheer her up, but I just, I think there's too much going on now. And Claire has a heart of gold, but sweet Jesus, this was a bad idea. And telling Daniel that his parents are having an affair with each other, uh, no, also no. a bad idea. So he's absolutely fuming. He's very hurt that he didn't know. And he just doesn't give a shite about the birthday anymore. Um, Nevs and Helen and Anne Gallagher will be there as well. So Ashley is stuck at Roadworks on a motorway listening to Kylie when two men on a motorbike pull up beside the car, knock on the window and shoot him in the head. Tommy Lee Royce watches as Catherine collects Ryan from school. Meanwhile, outside Catherine's house, Anne and Nevison have a lukewarm discussion about Nevison cutting Kevin's pay. Jenny, who's Kevin's wife, has been to see him because obviously they're stuck without any income and Helen thinks Nev should help Jenny and the kids saying she uses a wheelchair none of it was her doing now that's the second comment about wheelchairs and the fact that they represent that people can do no wrong which I think is just a very specific yeah it seems to be a thread or uh, thread that is running throughout this show oh, I completely missed that yeah so yeah kind of made me laugh because she's like it's really quick she's like Nev and she uses a wheelchair and none of this was to do with her and I'm like People in wheelchairs can do really bad things as well. Um, (laughs) Daniel is absolutely hammered at the party. I'd say the Gallagher's are disgusted. And he is having a go at his dad for playing happy families with Catherine and Ryan. He calls Ryan the thing that shouldn't exist and a twat to his face. The 10-year-old child. He calls his mother an old bitch. He calls Becky a loser who was asking for it, who hung around with pillheads. She apparently told Daniel that she liked Tommy Lee Royce. And look, Maybe she did like Tommy Lee Royce, but that doesn't mean that none yeah. of the rest happened. Yeah. Both things can be the truth at once. Apparently, Catherine once said to Daniel, why didn't you die, Daniel? Why weren't it you? So he's incredibly hurt. There's a lot of history there. He wants his mom to stop misremembering the truth that Becky was awful and he was the perfect son who never got any credit. Everyone leaves and Catherine and Claire have a blazing row. 
Tommy Lee Royce is unfortunately still alive and he is listening to local radio on his houseboat. The district commander visits Catherine at work on her first day back since the accident, accident attack. She is absolutely fuming that they haven't caught Tommy and Lewis and don't really have any leads. Later, a Royal Mail employee reports an awful smell coming from a flat and two uniformed officers go and check and find the bodies of Lewis and Brett. Like you can smell that Claire when you Catherine, see it. You can smell it. You could smell it even before they were yeah, killed. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. gross. Rotten. Like your mom bred as well. It was just gross. And like I hated the way um, Lewis tried to get Brett to leave Tommy when he was drilled in under the bath. And he was kind of like, like being the big man around him because he was so impressed by him. And I'm like, this is the scum of the earth. Yeah. Like it's just very clever writing. So Claire and Catherine allow Ryan to cycle home from school on his own, which is the most, like, that's the only thing that annoyed me. That's the only plot hole in it because there's no way on earth that character, Catherine, would allow that to happen. No. She knows Tommy Lee Royce hasn't been caught. There's just yeah, no way. No, no way. And she knows Claire he knows about him being the sort, you know what I mean? There's no way. Yeah, and she knows he's in the area. So I just, that's the only thing that annoyed me. They should have found a different way to get Ryan on his own. That's it. On the first day of Ryan being allowed to cycle home on his own, Tommy approaches him, explains that he's his dad and takes him to see his houseboat. He then lets him have a drag off a cigarette, gives him a can, which is just bonkers, um, but maybe shows a little bit of the upbringing that Tommy had. I, things he thinks yeah, are acceptable I when think it's him nine. trying to be like um, a They good talk about Becky. Say that again, Brendan, I missed it. Sorry, story. I just... I think it's him trying to be, you know, in his eyes, like a good parent. He's trying to be caring for him. And that's how he, you know, perceives caring for him. Do you know, he's trying to be nice. I think so. And clearly his mom has substance abuse issues or alcohol issues. So maybe that's, I, I'm presuming he didn't have a very good life based on the time that we spent in her house um, when he was there. Maybe that's how, yeah, exactly how you think, how you think your parent. It's nuts. Um so they talk about Becky and Tommy tells Ryan that he really did love her. And I actually kind of believed that. Uh, I, I I, mean, I still think he did everything he did. I don't think Tommy sees the world the way anyone else does. I think he's that fucked up in his head. But I did believe what he said there. Uh, Ryan leaves, but he will be back the next day with milk. Catherine then briefs the Gallagher family about Bretton Lewis's bodies and tells them that they found blood in the house, which was Tommy's. She laments on Ashley's murder and how the drug gangs can never be stopped. And Tommy learns about Lewis and Brett's bodies via the radio and he bawls his eyes out crying. So Nevison goes to visit Kevin in prison and he has this new strange air of confidence. The glasses are gone and he just completely justifies his accent and it's like you can leave Nevison. Ryan visits Tommy on the boat, but he's also brought Chesco, who's his little friend from school. Oh, Catherine, God, yeah, I'm so yeah, scared big, just big, yeah. big mistake in it. Complete innocence, big mistake. He just wanted to show Chesco that he did have a dad because he didn't believe him. It's absolutely devastating. Catherine is struggling and work with the lack of process on the Tommy investigation. She actually rips the stripes from her uniform and tells Inspector Mike Taylor to shove them up her arse. She then goes to Becky's grave, which is where she goes for solace, but soon gets a call from Claire. Ryan is missing. He hasn't been home. And Chesco told his mum that he invited that he visited Ryan's dad with him on a narrow boat the day before. So they're like, sweet Jesus. Catherine shoots off in the car, swings home, grabs Claire, rings the police and races for the canal. So on the boat, Tommy's clearly dying. He tells Ryan that because he brought his little friend to the boat, he sold him down the river and the time has come to move on. He's going to take Ryan with him because he doesn't want to leave him with his granny. 
Catherine and Claire arrive at the river and they fight because Claire doesn't want Catherine dorming onto the boat. She tells her to wait for backup because they don't know Tommy could be armed. But then they they spot Ryan's bike on the path. Inside, Tommy explains they're going on a different sort of journey. He doesn't want Ryan to go through all the shit that he's been through. Oh my God, it's so terrifying. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying because he's just lost any sense of reality, any sense of what's right and wrong. He's lost the plot. He douses them in petrol and Ryan starts to scream and Catherine is like, fuck it, and gets on the boat. So Tommy holds a lighter to him and Ryan and tells him he wants Catherine to live a long life of suffering. She punches Tommy and Ryan escapes. Tommy is weak, so he falls to the ground and she stamps on him. But even though he absolutely begs her, she refuses to kill him. She sprays him with a fire extinguisher. Hello, episode one, scene one, straight back there. That was one of the first things she said was, do you have a fire extinguisher? Oh my God, yeah, Backup I never arrives. got off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're shadowing. <laughs> Backup arrives and Tommy is arrested. Chief Superintendent Badal gives Catherine back her stripes, but tells her very firmly to take a further three weeks off work. Later, Catherine meets Daniel in a pub. They have made amends. And then Catherine looks out over the valley, remembering all the trauma of the last couple of months, takes a deep breath. But Tommy has been captured and all is well once again. Oh, great, great work, Hannah. Like, do you know what I just love about this? So I think Sarah Lancashire, for me, is the best thing about this show. And obviously incredible writing, incredible storyline as well. But her character is just... So over it. And by it, I mean life. Nothing surprises her. She just sort of, you know, like even with the guy trying to set himself on fire at the very start, she just sort of rolls her eyes. and She's like, look, mate, this is stupid. Why would you do that? She's just so over it. And I love her for that. Yeah, the way she is taken to... Like anyone... We love a strong female lead. And there's so many actors out there that could read this script and they'd all interpret it differently but the way she has done it and the way she's chosen to play Catherine Kaywood just kind of blows me away like as I said I rewatched just like random little bits of her making a cup of tea and saying something to Claire just because I can't get over how good it is and that they're not real people it is such a phenomenal show. You feel like you know them and she's she's so over it and she's so matter of fact and yeah. she's also just so dedicated to her job at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, all of that. And like Sarah Lancashire sort of she's, underplays the strong female lead. Do you know what I mean? She does it like yeah. with a subtlety rather than being like really heavy handed and loud and brash and sort of like intimidating. She, yeah, she underplays it and I love her for that. Yeah, because there's just power in that, isn't there? Yeah. And yeah. I think the thing I love about the character, so this will be more to Sally Wainwright and the writing, the, like the same with Claire, they're just inherently good. Like everything that she does is just good. It's the right thing. She just does the best for everyone. She is the center of that show. Everything that she's trying to do is the right thing and everyone else around her is so corrupt and hurt. Some people are hurt, but like some people are just so corrupt. We can just come back to her doing the right thing all the time, even though it fucked her life up. But she's so flawed though as well. Like they're all so flawed though. It's so real. Uh, It's a phenomenal show and I can't wait to rewatch season two. Yeah, we're going to be back. And I can't wait for more... More, I can't wait for a trailer, which I hope we're getting soon. And I can't wait for more information about season three. Hopefully we'll be able to talk about that in our season two recap. 
Yeah, we'll be back with our Happy Valley Season 2 recap real soon. In the meantime, let us know where you're watching. We are at Shrine Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can listen to these episodes early. We are on patreon.com forward slash Shrine Pod. This is TV worth talking about. This is Shrine Podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.